The book writers resource podcast. The book writers resource podcast. Hello, welcome to episode seven of the Book Writers Resource with me, Ian, and I'm here with Mandy and David. Hi. Hello. Um, so in front of me here, I've got a lovely book table. And um, if you can picture it, it's got a spread of books over the book table, um, coffee table, not book table. Um, I've got a coffee table and a spread of books over the coffee table. Um and, and they're all staring at me. Um, we're going to talk about these books for you today. Some some recommended reading, because that's a question that I know Mandy and David get asked, is, you know, what book shall I buy? There's a lot of books out there about um, writing. What would be a good one for me to start with? So we've got a few recommendations here. Um, I'm going to pick up this one first of all, which is quite... It's quite a hefty book, this one, a big red one. And this is the uh, Writers and Artists Yearbook. Uh, David, is this a good read? Well, I wouldn't necessarily a good read. It's, it's more of a, a good guide. Um, it's the sort of thing that if you're serious about your writing, it's an excellent place to start looking for professionals to further your writing, so uh, a list of agents, publishing companies, illustrators, editors. There's many, there's a wealth of information there to help you on the path to getting your book published. Um, and it is a weighty tome. I wouldn't recommend reading it cover to cover. Um, but there is an index. You can find who you need to find within that and look through carefully make sure that the people that and the businesses and the agencies in there there are links to their communication so you can get in touch with them and it will also tell you how to get in touch with them effectively so that you're not just going to be ignored um and it's it's a very very powerful resource i would advise anybody to get it great okay and anything to add on that one mandy or does it pretty much just do what it says on the book i think i think david's pretty much covered it really it is a, a useful resource because quite often we get asked or we you know we might give advice to somebody say oh, i want to try traditional publishing well if you want to go to tra traditional publishing that's the first go-to place absolutely it's got quite a mixture of publishers in there, hasn't it? From from the sort of the the big big ones, um, all the way down um, to some you know some quite specific and independent publishers on there. So it's definitely worth looking through. And yes. um, I found when I've looked through there, you know, find them on there. You'll find some contact details on there. Often that would be the contact details of the director of the company or something like that. And then, um, but you can also have a look at the website and see if they're the right kind of publisher for you before you approach them, I suppose, if in that, in that situation. It's the same thing with, with agencies. And um, one of the things we would recommend if you're going to approach publishers is actually find yourself an agent, um, a literary agent. Um, I mean, it's it's also good for if you're an illustrator as well, because there are illustration um, agencies there as well. Uh, an illustrator that I know personally used this this book to actually find work, and now he effectively he um, creates artwork for publishing companies through the agency, and he does that full time as a living. Whereas some illustrators they have to work part-time or sometimes full-time and do 
their illustrations as part-time. So this is a good way to access that market and make a living from something that is your passion in the publishing world. Great. Okay. And now um, uh, let's pick up another one of these then. So let's have a look at um, this one here. Curious title, Saves the Cat, Write a Novel. What's, <laughs> what's this one about? I'm not sure it would appeal to me in a bookshop. So this this book I, I would suggest is a good book to read and digest because it gives you a another guide to follow in terms of if you're writing a fiction book, making sure that your book follows the beat. What do you mean by a beat? So when you you've got a story, there's there's a flow, there's a there's a beat and a tempo to it, almost like a song. And what it does, those beats are guide points as to where certain things should happen within the book. So that when you're writing, you can follow that to create your story, your, your, your style, as it were, follows that. And <clears throat> you create an interesting story following a formula, essentially. Mm. Okay, so this is, that, this is the, a little bit like the rhythm of a story that, that allows me as the reader to almost anticipate that I've got to a point where something might change. So rather like in the piece of music, if I know it's a, you know, a, a certain number of bars before a, a change might come along in a, in a four, four tempo, for example, yeah. then, then I'm kind of going, it feels about now that a bit of piano is going to come in. It feels about now, like a little bit of something disastrous is going to happen or whatever in the, in the book. So the, the idea of following that tempo, yeah, but it does okay. more than just that. Um, that's that's very much a critical part of it to help you with the writing. But what Saves the Cat actually helps you with as well is developing characters so that they've got depth. It stops your you villain from being a two-dimensional, moustache-twirling whatever and actually gives them a, le a, a sense of depth where you can almost sympathise with the villain. You understand why he's doing what he's doing or she's doing you know it gives you an idea of how to write that villain so that they've got depth it gives you an idea of how to write a hero so that they're not just uh this sort of um idol to try and aspire to it gives you something to them so they've got a flaw within them that makes them more relatable there's nothing worse than reading a story where the hero is for a better description, a Mary Sue, um, as I've heard described before, where they're perfect at everything. Right. If a hero is perfect at everything, what have they got to overcome? If the villain is someone that they can beat without any problems whatsoever, what have they got to overcome? Why do they need to try and overcome? They can beat them in two seconds flat. And this is what Saves the Cat will do. It will help you structure your characters as well as structure your story so that you can write something truly compelling rather than something that is rather bland. I think it's a good idea for somebody writing a story to use the book as a guide to make sure that they're following those beats, as it were, um, making sure that they're setting up the hero, the heroine, whoever, with you know, the anti-hero, if you like, or somebody that plants the message at the start that the hero ignores 
because most adventures start off with a challenge that the hero ignores but then gets to learn throughout the story so it's making sure that every point of the book whatever percentage it is it's set out in percentages there's there's um, a scale that shows you what should be happening at, at each stage and if you've already written your story you can go back and use it as a, a useful cross-check it's a bit uh, another version, I guess, of the hero's journey by Joseph Campbell. Oh, which is making... the other book on the table? Okay, yeah. okay. Coming to that in a moment, but I've got a little question on that. So, it it this all sounds very useful and certainly helpful in terms of guiding us as we sort of move toward writing the story. And certainly sounds like this book was going to help us a lot with structure. I'm worried that it might make things a bit formulaic. Is there a risk there? There absolutely is a risk there, but. One of the things you'll find with formula is it exists for a reason. It very often works. So a, a good example is um, the Hornblower series. They're quite formulaic. And the author of Sharp actually catalogued the formula that was being used in Hornblower and used it in Sharp. And those books are so successful, it's been turned into TV series and films. So... The formula does work, and what my my greatest sort of vice passion is westerns. There's nothing more formulaic than a western. the The exact same story is played out time and time again with the different characters in the same scenario, and people love them. I love them because of that formulaic nature, because they're they're just good fun. Um, I wrote my dissertation on dime novels, which are the most formulaic kinds of writing you can find. So vastly popular that the stories that they tell are still being told now, although dime novels have ceased to exist as a medium. That formulaic pattern that you get within a story, it exists for a reason. Storytelling, uh, I, I believe they say there's only seven stories that can be told and just altered slightly so that they appeal to a certain generational group of people. Mm. So but the there's something in the the formula then actually what you seem to be saying there is that the formula can be enjoyed and actually there's always a tendency I fall for I'm always criticizing myself for not being original but actually sometimes it's good to kind of not be too original like it's okay to to use something that's already existing you know go, go with an existing formula um, yes. if it's already there and it works for you okay great thank you um so heroes yes um the hero's journey by joseph campbell um is our third book on the table so mm -hmm. tell us a bit about that mandy well it's something i learned about probably i don't know 20 30 years ago by accident in terms of storytelling and it, it follows the pattern so if you think of indiana jones star wars um any adventure story and as david said picking up on the western you've got the goody the baddie the town sheriff the characters you know the, the town drunk uh the you know the femme fatale who whoever um and the hero's journey follows a path and is a cyclical process that if you follow is, a, by, by its very nature, the pattern for a, a good story. Yeah. Okay. And what does, so um, what does Joseph Campbell talk about in, in terms of those, 
hero's journeys in that book. It's a bit like the Saves the Cat um, writes a novel. So there's um, a hero that's set up for a fall. There's a mentor. There's a protagonist. There's a, a journey that they need to go on. There's a, a death or near death or a change in experience or change in thinking. If it's something right at the very start, there's a message given to the hero or heroine of the book that they need to listen to that they don't listen to. So that it's the call to action. It's a call to do something different. And then they go off on their path, meeting various characters along the way that are supporting to that process. Yeah. And at the end, then there's either a death or a new beginning or, a, you know, the, the saving of the cat or whatever it is that you know if you think about any indiana jones if you think about lee childs and the jack reacher books they follow the same pattern they follow the same you know with 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 a different outcome at with the same outcome at the end of every book but every single book is different you know as an example i'm a, I'm a big jack reacher fan every story is more or less the same but each time i read the start of one of those books i'm hooked in because of how well the book starts you know, a, a good film always starts with a murder, loud explosion, a car chase. If you think about all the good movies that are out there, there's, there's always something at the start that, oh Just my goodness me, grabs you in. I haven't got yeah. time to eat any popcorn because yeah. there's so much going on, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. So, something that sort of presents the problem to us yeah. um, straight away. That's what we need, that we? we need to see what the problem is. And then that journey can begin. Yeah, we, yeah. Know, we, know, what, we know what the hero or heroine needs to do, but they don't. No. They've got to find it on their journey. Yeah, and it's, it's yeah. very similar to the the human problem. You know, other people can quite often see what is what it is with us, but we don't see it for ourselves. Yeah. So it's a very human condition, which I think is why the hero's journey resonates. Okay, and there's another book, um, but it's not quite complete. It's sitting on the table, but it's um, still currently just a, a, some some pieces of manuscript paper put together but not fully bound yet this uh, book i think david's still got a bit of work to do on it but it's it says on the front um in in sort of some scribbled writing the author's journey so just tell us about that one david so <laughs> this is a book that mandy and myself have been working on for some time um where we wanted to help authors through the journey of writing but also making sure their book was written for for being able to be published and then getting published and out there so that people at the end you would have a piece of work that people are going to buy um it's a, it's a guidebook and it's a journey for the authors to go on that we help guide them through the process it's as mandy put earlier um when we were talking it's our bible it's the thing that we give we present to our clients and authors um is obviously not this book because yet because it's not quite finished but it may be finished at the time of listening though mm. it may be yes um but it's the thing that the information inside we present this to our authors so that we can guide them through the process to get published in finality um so that their book can be as successful as it possibly can be anything you want to add to that mandy about the the author's journey it's really lovely that we've got to this point that it does mirror the hero's journey because, you know, authors are the heroes in their own journey. And uh, I've coined a hashtag, the writing boss. So we jump on the writing bus with you. We're there to hold your hand through the writing process. We've gone through the, you know, the tyres blowing, the potholes, the ravines, you know, we um, the, all the 
all the things that you go through as a writer, we've experienced them. So we've, we've written about those in the book as well as at the same time layering that with a process that we use to take an author from, from first word to book on the bookshelf for sale. Yeah, it's really exciting and it's been quite heroic, <laughs> I <laughs> and, would say. <laughs> and when are you hoping this book is going to be completed, this last one on our table here? The book is available from July, end of July, beginning of August 2022. And we're recording this on the 20th of June 2022. So that's about a month's time from now. Yeah, yes. yeah. There is actually another one that we're working on. We've, we've referred a lot through our through these podcasts to people being able to leave a legacy book. So we're working on something that's going to be make it easier for somebody who's not a writer, has no intention of becoming a, a you know, traditionally published author to be able to write their life story so that's something else that will follow on quite quickly after the author's journey wonderful thanks very much and thank you for sharing your recommended reading on this show today um so thank you very much thank you thank you the book writers resource podcast features advice from mandy ward and david hamling If you would like to hear more from them, visit www.tbwr.co.uk or email info at tbwr.co.uk. This was a Listening Shelf production presented by Ian Pringle.